The Breakdown Politics with Mercer Prescott and his band of eclectic cronies telling you what you need to know regarding politics breaking it down politics And welcome to another episode of Politrix with Mercer Prescott and his band of eclectic cronies. Merck, do your thing. All right, what's going on? Big Merce, we got Politrix going on here. We got, of course, you heard uh, Mr. Blue, our mentor slash showrunner. We have Odie in the house. Good evening, Odie. And um, we're just going to go ahead and jump right into it. Uh, basically, this came into my box literally... One minute before we started today, before we, you know, did our pregame and, and stuff like that, Paul Manafort just got sentenced to four years in prison. So this came out of Axios. Um, President Trump's former campaign chairman, Paul Manafort, has been sentenced to a uh, sentence in a Virginia court to four years in prison for a laundry list of financial crimes, including bank fraud, tax fraud, and hiding a foreign bank account. Okay. Uh, Manafort is the fifth person to be sentenced and the first to go to trial in the Mueller investigation. Okay. And he's going to be, uh, he faces sentencing on other charges later on in the week. So we'll, we'll table Paul Manafort for now. We may talk about him on, uh, on the Saturday show. We'll find out if he gets sentenced, what the sentence is going to be like on the rest of his stuff. But, you know, between Michael Cohen and Paul Manafort, it, it's looking bad for Trump. Because it's not a coincidence that all the people who work for you are going to prison. Okay. And, and speaking of Michael Cohen, um, I just want to get one thing out of the way. We're going to handle the small stuff. I just want to get one thing out of the way. You know, I, I'm a huge nerd, you know. And I, I, I want to, you know, we, I think we talked about this before. But I play, ooh, I knocked over my mic. I play uh, Dungeons & Dragons. And Dungeons & Dragons, you have alignments and your alignment dictates how you act in game okay so if you have so there's usually three types of evil people so you have like a chaotic evil right that's basically do what you want take what you want you know hurt whoever you want to it does not matter so like somebody like the joker from batman or doomsday from superman would be chaotic evil and then you have like lawful evil like dr doom and thanos are lawful evil so basically, you are evil, but you have rules that you follow. So in other words, you may be a drug dealer who won't sell the kids. Or you may be an assassin who doesn't kill women. Or won't kill anybody who you're not paid to kill because you don't want to do collateral damage. Right? And then you have neutral evil. Right? And this is where Donald Trump comes in. So basically, neutral evil are people who are usually very greedy and will do whatever it does to attain wealth. But they won't necessarily get their hands dirty. They will hire other people to do their dirty work. And if they have to, if they can betray them and make more money, that's even better. So they may hire people to rob a bank, right, to obtain a safe. And then they may uh, rat them out to a dirty cop and then have the dirty cop bring them the safe instead. So this way they don't have to pay the bank robbers. You know, that's like that Donald Trump would fall under neutral evil. Because he's not going to get his hands dirty if he doesn't have to. He would hire people like Michael Cohen to do the dirty work. 
So Donald Trump is not going to call his old elementary school and threaten them to not release his grades. He's going to get a Michael Cohen to do that. You understand? So Michael Cohen is basically just the underling, the hireling. And one thing about Michael Cohen I want people to understand, because, you know, Michael Cohen has been in the news lately because of his testimony last week. Michael Cohen is not a good guy. Michael Cohen is a piece of shit, and he's a criminal. So, I mean, that that was pretty evident when you got up there and testified about how you heard him, you know, you heard your boss say all these terrible things, and yeah. for 10 years, you didn't blink one fucking eye. Right. And he was like all set to go along with it as long as you were getting yours so like we we know he's trash oh yeah but there are some people who are kind of because he's going against trump they're kind of cheering for him and that's the part that kind of gets me you know because he's going against a bigger villain that it's kind of getting him a little bit of sympathy and he doesn't deserve the sympathy because he is a criminal so he's going to prison he's going to be right where he belongs which is in prison now, the reason why I bring up Michael Cohen today is because... Whoa, 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 Zoom out, zoom out, zoom out. That's yeah, yeah. what people do wrong. That doesn't make them... I mean, it doesn't make them evil, but it doesn't mean they're not worthy of forgiveness. It doesn't mean that we can't have sympathy towards them. Remember, Jesus didn't hang with goody goods and people that was, like, doing all the things they needed to be doing. He hung with murderers, thieves, alcoholics, drug addicts, incestuous people, and he was there for them. So I think he right. should... But here's the thing. But these people were, I mean, and don't get me wrong. We're going to mute Mercer, we're going to mute him, and we're going to talk about, you know, the good things about what he brings to the table. (laughs) I'll put it like this. You know, it's not like I hung with Jesus and hung with the people that he hung with, but I would imagine if if they're hanging with Jesus, that they're probably at the point where they said, hey, listen, I know I did wrong, and now I want to turn my life around. As opposed to, oh, it's only wrong because I got caught. Like Michael Cohen is basically, if he didn't get caught, he'd still be doing evil. So it's not like he ever stopped. Let me ask you this. Yeah. Something's getting lost in translation. What is he, what did he get caught doing? And let me see how it relates to, because I don't understand if all people are getting caught, why is the Don still untouchable? There's no such thing as Teflon Dobbs anymore, is there? Uh, in this case, it might just be because I mean, it, I, I my prediction for Donald Trump was going to be when the Mueller investigation comes out, everybody's going down, including his kids, but he's not going to get touched, you know. And on Young Turks, Jenk Uger seems to think that, and I and I disagree with Jenk a thousand percent on this. He seems to think that Donald Trump will step down from the presidency to save his kids from going to prison. That would constitute the fact that he actually loves his children more than but being I president. Thought that his, his, his best bet is to stay in place as we can't have any criminal charges against a standing president. But he won't be president forever. That, that's his problem. He's only but being shielded right now. I heard some things. You know, I just came from up there, and I heard I, some things that there might be an amendment to the Constitution. We give you unlimited armed terms. Now, here's the problem. Who, who will be the one to put that amendment through? Because Trump can't put it through. It would have to go through Congress. And uh, they don't have the votes for that. If they had a supermajority, they probably wouldn't have the votes for that. To get an amendment in the Congress, I forget how many votes. It's not the same as an impeachment where you need two-thirds in each, in each party. I'd have to look that up, but it's not, a matter, it's not going to be a simple majority vote to amend the Constitution. 
and there is absolutely no and, and you probably won't even get all Republicans to, to join in on that but imagine because, if we had like a, a president like Roosevelt back in place well, how, well, how much he did for the country I don't know anything about Roosevelt I'm just saying, I know he had like four terms I mean I think that we can find greatness in people having more than two terms to get things done I think well, if Obama had another term we would be in a very beautiful place as a country put it like this the only the, this, the thing about Roosevelt that people don't bring up enough is that Roosevelt was a democratic socialist not a socialist a democratic socialist which is two different things. A lot of people don't really... Well, I'll say a lot of Republicans don't get that because they call people like Bernie Sanders and the AOC socialists. They are not socialists, not even close. They're democratic socialists. Roosevelt was openly a democratic socialist and he got four terms to the point where they had to change the rules or else if he literally died in office. <laughs> he died during his fourth term. You know, put it like this: the reason why Japan and Germany are doing—well, uh, I won't say so well—but why they're doing, why they have a much better economic structure than we do right now, is because the, um, after the war, the Roosevelt administration pretty much wrote their Bill of Rights, wrote their new constitutions. Put it like this: in Germany, there is no real, because every time I look it up. I can't really find a minimum wage in Germany, and that's because they basically have um, arbitration. So basically, the workers confer with the employers to set their wages. So there's no minimum wage that I could find, because every now and then they'll, they'll give us a number for a minimum wage, but more times than none, it's basically... Um, it's basically just a union structure down there. I don't know about Japan. I've never looked up Japan. But Japan, their whole style is like this. Um, Nintendo, when they had the Wii U, right? And it didn't do well at all. The workers didn't get a pay cut. The CEO took a pay cut. So the CEO took like a 50% pay cut. And the executives under him took big pay cuts. The workers didn't get pay cuts. You understand? It's a whole different system over there than it is than it is here in the United States, and that's in part to the Roosevelt administration. So you figure they didn't want someone like I mean, for the oligarchs, they didn't want somebody like Roosevelt in office forever. I mean, they didn't know he was going to die in office, but they were like, if we don't set term limits, he's never leaving because the people adored him. Now, did he always do good? No, the Japanese internment stuff that happened under Roosevelt. So no president gets away without blood on their hands at some point, unfortunately. I wish it was true, but it's not. You know, So there were a lot of things that happened under Roosevelt that were not great, but there were also a lot of things that happened under him that was really great. You know. So, But going back to Michael Cohen, you figure somebody like Cohen, why would Trump hire somebody like Michael Cohen? Because Michael Cohen is willing to do criminal acts and turn a blind eye, you know. And the reason why I brought up Michael Cohen is because Michael Cohen, uh, they announced today he's suing the Trump administration for $1.9 million in unpaid legal fees. That's another reason why Trump has people like Rudy Giuliani as his lawyer. Because no lawyer would work for Trump because they know that they're not getting paid. 
And that's not me exaggerating. That's the honest truth. All these big-time law firms that would kill to work for a president, they're not going within 1,500 feet of Trump because Trump doesn't pay. That's why he has Rudy Giuliani, Captain Dementia, on TV telling all his business. That's why that's his lawyer. Is it common for a president to retain a lawyer during their presidency? It all depends. You know, every president needs a good lawyer on his side because you never know what's going to happen. So now a criminal attorney, that's a different matter altogether. <laughs> you know, because, I mean, everybody, if you are, even if you're just a businessman, you know, you would have a good lawyer on retainer. That's common. But a criminal attorney, that's a different matter altogether. No, that's not really common. Normally, you would have one, you would get one if you ran into trouble, but you normally wouldn't have a criminal lawyer on retainer. Not on retainer, right? Not unless you were a criminal. <laughs> but, I mean, Trump had people, and then they just quietly started to leave because what's the point of being somebody's lawyer if they don't listen to you? If you're going to do the exact opposite of what they say. If they tell you, stop tweeting, and you're tweeting at 4 o'clock in the morning every morning, they're like, why am I here? Plus, I'm not going to get paid. <laughs> so they would just, you know... Trump is, in, Trump is in big trouble, and I'll talk more about that once I get it all together, but yeah, it's looking bad. Put it like this. Even if the Mueller investigation doesn't find any concrete collusion between Trump and Russia directly, all these people are going down. At least all the ones that haven't already gone down. Jared's going down. Ivanka's going down. Don Jr.'s going down. Because they were all directly connected in uh, not so much Ivanka, but definitely Jared and definitely Don Jr. So I think my prediction may come true. Donald Trump may escape from this. But the president can pardon his children, right? He can pardon his children, yes, if they are charged in, in... In federal court, not state court. Right, and that may be the problem because the um, the courts in New York are ready. They wanted, they're waiting on that Mueller investigation to come out, the report, to find out what's what, to sort things out, and they're already ready to with indictments and everything for uh, for Trump's kids and everybody else involved in um, in fraud and stuff like that. I mean, it's it's going to be a nightmare for Trump. If Trump plans a coup, it's not because he really wants to be president. It's because he doesn't want to go to prison. And he knows the second his presidency is up, he's going to prison. Yeah. So. But I, I, I will say this, jumping subjects. You know, I have to jump subjects to my secret girlfriend, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. I will say this. As much as I adore AOC... I can't get creepy with her. Like, I'm not going to show up in restaurants and, 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 and take pictures of her while she's eating hamburgers and make comments. Like, these Republicans, they are really, really obsessed with her. It's really, really creepy. Like, I joke about it, but I would never do anything to hurt her or make her feel uncomfortable. That's, I mean, that's just me being a radio personality, you know? If I saw AOC, I would treat it, the situation with the utmost of respect. I'm not going to stalk her like these Republicans are doing, trying to find gotcha moments so they can print in their fucking rags 
you know, they're their little closet, you know, internet newspapers, you know. So, they, I mean, there were actually people who were, who took a picture of AOC and her staff eating hamburgers, you know, and making comments about it. The, put it like this. I don't even know what he does. I, I recognize his face. Some dude named Charles Payne. So he's some commentator from some place. I don't know if he's on CNN or Fox or what. You know, he just looks like a, like an Uncle Tom. I could be wrong about him now. But he tweeted at AOC and he says, how many black people are, are on your staff? You know, trying to get the gotcha moment. Because, you know, AOC is, of course, uh, Hispanic. And AOC responded, we have black staff. We don't parade them around to show the world how diverse our team is and use it as some, kind of, as some sort of evidence of the absence of racism. That's what tokenism is. So, mm-hmm. straight punch to the kidney, he's peeing blood. He's, he's regretting it, you know? She is... I don't know how to describe her, but she's like a wizard. With And don't get me wrong. Everybody makes mistakes. But we're talking about somebody... If she had a bad week, and like every day this week, she made a Twitter mistake, whatever a Twitter mistake would actually be, she would literally be like 786 and Fox. Like that's how much she's kicking these people's asses. And their attacks on her are so desperate. It's so sad. Like she made a... a a joke about uh, getting rid of cows. You know, when it comes to global warming, you know, we have, oh, we have like a billion cows, you know, and pardon me for being a little bit disgusting, but when cows uh, pass gas, it's basically methane. So, of course, the methane rises in the air, and methane is excellent at trapping greenhouse gases, which makes the, of course, uh, contributes to global warming. Now, basically, we can get around that by cutting off all our rest of our greenhouse gases, which would be much easier to do, such as coal-fired plants and cutting down on pollution and, you know, with cars and all that other stuff. Recycling, of course. So, normally, this would be something where you would think, okay, well, these people are just joking. They can't possibly think that AOC wants to steal their hamburgers. But that's been the narrative going around, like at CPAC, which was, which is basically just a Republican circle jerk. Is they were that they talked about AOC so much, I thought that it was AOC's conference, and she just didn't show up. Like that's how much they talked about her. But one dude was like, I would love to see AOC come by and steal my and, and steal my cows. And Don Jr. was on that panel like, I like cows, they're delicious. He actually said that. I'm like, I'm like, you guys are fucking idiots. Like she's gonna be like a mix between Wimpy and the hamburger, and she's just gonna steal it, like robber, 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 and just steal your hamburgers. Fucking morons. This is our opposition. Why haven't we won yet? <laughs> Why haven't we won yet? If this is our opposition. I'm pretty sure DPAC is going to be equally because cringeworthy. Because the East Coast, as, a, as a, a median, is relatively smart, and the West Coast is pretty smart. It's the states in the middle and down south is really jacking us up. 
And, and I'll tell you why, Blue. It's because of cuts to education. When they, states like Kentucky, like Tennessee, like Alabama, Mississippi, Georgia, right? It's the same plan all the time. You get those Republican governors, Republican legislatures, they do tax cuts, they send the money straight to the top, and then when there's no money for services, what's the first thing they cut? Education. Education is always the first to go. Because they don't want, like, it's like, it's like um, George Carlin said. They don't want critical thinking. They want you to be just smart enough to run the machinery and make them money. They don't want you smart enough to realize, hey, I'm getting fucked here. Tim, when Tim Wise talked about... Is there any George Carlin on Netflix as far as you know? On Netflix, I want to say yes. I know when he died, they were all on there. But, uh... And you know I'm typing it up right now. <laughs> uh, damn it, hold on. I keep forgetting they always he have... He was he was a sharp whip. I mean, he has a really good insight as a comedian. Unfortunately, not anymore. They had George Carlin on there after he passed away a few years back, but no, no George. You probably have to, because they were almost all HBO specials. So you probably have to go to. Uh, yeah, I know they have them all on DVD, but not but not streaming, unfortunately. But you can probably find them all on YouTube. At least clips and stuff, anyway. But yeah, but he—I mean, he was talking stuff for decades about you know uh, about the elites and you know the the mainstream and all that other stuff. He was talking that stuff for decades, you know. So with him, it, it's it's nothing new. But I, I will say one thing though. So I, I'm stealing somebody else's joke. Like Fox News is having such a bad week that R. Kelly is like, damn. Let I'm not Fox News. <laughs> Real quick, did y'all see that batshit crazy interview? With, no, I saw bits and pieces. Basically, I saw bits and pieces. Yeah, our, that, I mean that's more of a Saturday topic. I know, I know, I know, I brought it up, but and I might have seen fewer than her because I just seen like little clips. And it's comparable. It's like, you know, y'all didn't really say much about Kavanaugh, but y'all, y'all beating this man up, you know what I'm saying? What? I mean... If they all try... Look, I don't play that game. I never understood why people like to deflect that way. Um, I don't give a fuck. Like, they're all trash. Like, I'm keeping the same energy, and... It's like, I don't really give a fuck that the justice system is fucked up in this case. Mm-hmm. Um... And even though Kavanaugh's trash, I'm lumping him in with Bill Cosby and what's that with uh, Harvey and all of those like Weinstein, yeah. In between being a predator on like young women that are your peers and being like very fucking creepy and jerky in that respect, versus like you're a grown ass man and you've been preying on women for years. Like I'm not lumping all of them together. So like no, I'm not really keeping the same energy for for all of them. But at the same time. Even if he was the same type, like, like I don't understand why people are upset that Kavanaugh has not gotten the same exposure or the same blowback. Like, 
just like to me, if anything, you should be more outraged that R. Kelly targeted black women, like black little girls, not even black women, black girls. So it's like one. Was it saying like, are you particular? mad because it's the system? It's the man <laughs> Two, who's like exposing this black ass man for his shitty ass. Two, what I'm mad about, what I'm mad about, ain't got nothing to do with whether or not you have more energy for this one or that one, because you know it's like it's definitely not even nowhere the same. I totally agree with you on that. What I'm mad about is even though they say we're 13% of the population, how they're hyper-focused on African-Americans in the media that do wrong versus the Caucasians where they give very little exposure to and don't speak on as much. And that's what I'm mad about. That's why we need to have better control of our media. But even our own media hyper-exposes our stuff and, and doesn't and really Hyper-exposes our stuff, but you just contradicted yourself. You said our media. Our means that we should be covering black stuff. The reason you're not going to see Harvey on Shade Room is because we don't give a fuck about Harvey. We care about people that are part of our culture. And if you are doing something... Do we care about them or do we care about the popularity of it to get more hits on our website? Because the way they they showcase these stories, they never, ever showcase anything positive. They always um, do the most extreme... That is absolutely not true. That is absolutely not true. I actually see reposts from like websites like um because of them we can and uh shade room does a really good job of like shouting out when it's time for um hbcu homecoming season highlighting showcasing black excellence so no it's about what you look for because i see a lot of that shit but it's like it's it, there's this mindset where if you're fucking up then you're not allowed to see like you're not allowed to expose that because that's a bad that's a bad part of our narrative no the good news is there too but we like the messy, and I'm allowed to, like, multitask and, like, look at something messy one minute and then be like, oh, look at that little cute little baby. Or look at this black couple, like, building a billion-dollar business through travel or whatever the fuck. Like, now, now I, I will say this. The, the, the thing about um, only seeing the bad is because, I mean, if I actually went on Shade Room, like, I, I, don't, I don't get on Shade Room like that. So if I got on Shade Room, like, every day, then I would probably see it both. But because I only get that stuff when it comes into my feed, then I only get the bad. Because it's rare that, I mean, if I get something good... I'm only getting bad stuff feed. Maybe maybe her algorithm set up that she sees more positive stuff because she's more of a positive person. And we purposely have some more negative shit. So the algorithm gives us the negative shit. I mean, for every article that comes into my feed where a, uh, a black student applies for like 50 colleges and gets into them all and gets a scholarship for them all, I will get like 20 articles about uh, black people being shot by the police or black people just doing ridiculous shit, you know. So it's it's definitely, I don't know if it's part of the algorithm or not, but, you know, I, I do get a lot more negative in my box than positive. Much more. So I, I could definitely attest to that. You know, and then because I don't actually get on those sites like directly, then I probably don't see the good. So I, so I would probably assume that if like if I never got on Shade Room, I would only assume that they only put out negative stuff because I don't get on their website. And I just go by what ends up in my feed. Probably the same thing with the root, you know. And I don't even know why I mentioned I don't even like the root like that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I could write better than the dudes from the root, and, and I'm not even a professional writer. But that's just me. 
I could be wrong. But, I mean, speaking of, of quote-unquote professionals like Fox News. Speaking of professional writing, let's just start for our plug for grammatically um, correct. Go for it. All right, I don't do the plug for my own stuff. I mean, for her stuff, she got to do her own stuff. <laughs> 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 so we we probably just caught her flat-footed. <laughs> I, I don't. I don't. I, I, I like. I, I do. We, we just caught you flat-footed. I know you weren't expecting that because he was, he was going to give you a plug for for grammatically correct. And we were just uh, like, I, I mean, I did, I, I did, I did, uh, grammatically correct to begin with is, is really stretched thin, um, mainly because she's working on being the founder of Sardines. So go to sardinesllc.com and see what that's all about, because grammatically correct bandwidth is, is stretching thin. She's got a couple of projects, but whew, Sardines is her baby now, so her new baby. <laughs> oh, all right, all right. Sardinesllc.com for your traveling needs. So, now, some people who may not have to travel uh, later on this year, Fox News. Well, not about travel, but Tom Perez, who runs the DNC right now, he announced that Fox News will not uh, be able to televise the 2020 Democratic debates because of Fox News' direct ties to Donald Trump. He said that they will not, be, they cannot be impartial. And I will say this, of course. Republicans are going to, I don't even think Republicans are going to go ape shit. It's kind of like one of those things where it's like if you have a little kid and he has a toy and a toy is just sitting there collecting dust, literally collecting dust. But if someone else comes, if some other kid comes over and starts playing with that toy, all of a sudden he wants that toy now. That's kind of like what it is because you figure Republicans never want to hear what Democrats have to say. So you would just figure, oh, they're not going to tell, they're not going to televise the Democratic debates. Who gives a shit? Because they don't, they don't like liberals like that. But now they're getting mad because they're just being denied it. But that, to me, that's one of the best things Tom Press has done since he started running the DNC. Fuck Fox News. Fox News is a propaganda network, and that's not news. We know that. We've known that for years. For years and years that Fox News is not really news. Fox, you know what Fox News watchers are like? You ever have a coworker or someone that you know? That they follow their horoscope and get mad when it doesn't come true. That's like Fox News. You know. Well, okay, man. It's basically Yo, the horoscope. Yo, my middle name must be Fox News because that's me all day regarding my horoscopes. <laughs> I mean, I don't get mad when it doesn't come true, though, but I do faithfully read my horoscope. I mean, I used to read them all. I mean, when I used to actually read the newspaper, I would actually read the horoscopes. You know? But... I, I'm not going to say I was smart enough to know that they were entertainment, but if it didn't come true, I wouldn't be like, God damn it. They said I meet the love of my life in this coffee shop. Now, it, it's basically just, it's one of those things where if it does come true, you're like, hey, my horoscope said this was going to happen today. But if it doesn't come true, then it's just like, eh, life goes on, I guess. But Fox News watchers are the people who... Uh, I don't know what kind of horoscopes y'all watching. My horoscope just tells me stuff to do. Like, gives me suggestions and I do it. If I, don't know, if I do do it and I find that it's very beneficial because it makes me think outside of my normal box oh you should connect with an old friend and I might be so much into myself that I'm not even thinking about no old friends but then that reminder might tell me oh shit I need to call Greg and see how he doing you know what I'm saying yeah, yeah. I mean it all depends on, on who's writing the horoscopes you know but some people actually trying to predict stuff is going to happen to you 
and that's the ones where people will just like you know and and a lot of times they will say that this is entertainment but people just like ooh gotta read my horoscope today but that's basically Fox News you know the, the horoscopes of, of the news but where they just predict shit and just don't even know what the fuck is gonna happen but with Fox News I didn't really see a lot of then again I don't have a whole lot of right wingers on my Twitter feed right what I have is a bunch of left wingers and some left wingers were actually getting mad at Tom Perez because here here's their ridiculous logic their ridiculous logic is hey we need to get this from both sides so maybe if these debates show on Fox News maybe we can convert some Fox News people over to our side what the fuck are you talking about where have you been for the last 10 years were you in a coma for the last 10 years were you on heroin for the last 10 years what the fuck are you looking at to think that the same people who hated on Obama for 8 years straight the same people who thought that Hillary Clinton was running a pizzeria you know, running a child sex ring out of a pizzeria in D.C.? Like, do you think those people are going to watch Bernie Sanders debate Tulsi Gabbard and then all of a sudden be like, you know, Bernie's right. Maybe we do need universal health care and free college. That's never going to happen. These people are done. The cancer has spread to their brains. Take out the treatment. Put them in hospice. Let them just fade away. Okay? Because they're never going to turn around. So it's basically just a matter of, oh, now Fox News doesn't have to work to make stuff up. They can just make stuff up because they're going to do it anyway. The same people who think that AOC is going to come and take their hamburgers or the same people who are going to listen to a, a, a solid debate and just all of a sudden just turn it around and start thinking like normal human beings, fuck out of here that's never gonna happen so I know liberals mean well sometimes but sometimes just sometimes that bleeding heart shit doesn't make any sense because these people are done and I always try to be optimistic not this time there's no room for optimism here save your mercy for people who deserve it the Fox News crowd is done that's like somebody who's still down for Donald Trump and is like well Trump's not a racist no have you listened to him? I think he is. So, but a couple of things going on with Fox News this week. They found out that Fox News actually got the Stormy Daniels story even before the Inquirer did, and they squashed it because they wanted to protect Trump. This is from uh, from Vox, right? Uh, according to according to Mayor. And that's Jane Mayer of The New Yorker. As the 2016 presidential campaign was in its final stretch, FoxNews.com reporter Diana Falzone had obtained proof about Trump's affair with Stormy Daniels and had confirmed it with Daniels' manager and former husband. She also had emails between Daniels' lawyer and Michael Cohen about the hush payment and non-disclosure agreements to keep Daniels from speaking out. But the story never came out. Editors kept hunting on it. And former Fox executive Ken LaCourt reportedly told Falzone, good important kiddo, but Rupert, meaning um, Rupert Murdoch, Rupert wants Donald Trump to win. So just let it go. 
So they had that story and they buried it. This is before the, this is before the uh, the Inquirer got it and buried it. So do you, so Tom Perez sees stuff like this and you think he wants Fox News airing those debates so they could run around and talk and talk shit about it even more than they were already going to? Because they were already going to. That's not even a thing. And here's the thing. Would they have even aired the debates like that? Well, I mean, like I said, they would have done, uh, they would have basically just live-tweeted shit over it. But they wouldn't have taken it seriously. So he's right to basically uh, squash it. To just say, you know what? We don't need Fox News uh, airing this. He's absolutely right. I agree with him a thousand percent. People would be like, well, what about the First Amendment? Yeah, the First Amendment applies to journalistic organizations, not hate trolls in suits with television shows, not unfrozen cavemen, knuckles bleeding from dragging on the ground, you know, just spouting racist and sexist nonsense. That's not news. Like John Stewart told um, Bill O'Reilly, Fox News plays news from 10.30 a.m. to 11 o'clock a.m. every day. And the other 23 and a half hours, propaganda nonsense. Just hillbilly gibberish, you know, for old people. Average age of a Fox News viewer is 65 years old. That's the average age. The retirees. Yeah, basically. That's why they That's why they have, like, catheter commercials all the time. <laughs> <laughs> you know, just and stuff probably, that definitely think, I'm sure they have plenty of things to make your penis work too. Yeah. There ain't no way you can you can't tell me that that's not what they have problems with. Like that is absolutely problem number one. Exactly. But now it, it, it's time to say a prayer for the dear departed. And when I say dear departed, I mean presidential nominees who just couldn't quite make the cut who just saw the, who just saw the landscape already so um Michael Bloomberg announced today I think it was either today or yesterday that he is not going to run who is this Michael Bloomberg is a former uh, mayor of New York and he is also the 11th richest man in the world he's worth 55 billion dollars but he was he was he seems to be mayor of New York so he was all set to announce he was going to run, and he decided that he's not going to run. He's actually going to dedicate his time and resources to closing down the remaining coal fire plants in America and replacing them with clean, renewable energy. And I'm like, wow, okay, that's good. But that just kind of came out of nowhere. Like, I had, I had no idea that he was all about that. You know? Because everybody was concentrating on the fact that he decided not to run for president, but all of a sudden it's like, oh, now he's going to be a crusader for clean energy. I'm like, if, go for it. Even if he's making a profit off of it, go for it, because we need that clean renewable energy. I don't mind you making money off of something that's going to help us in the long run. So if that's your thing, Michael Bloomberg, hey, man, I'm going to step aside. I'm going to let you run. Run with it. Go for it. I wish you all the luck in the world. Uh, Sherrod Brown, who was a... Run, uh, Forrest, run, Forrest, run. <laughs> you know, I, I will say one thing. 
I didn't like that song until the remix came out. Oh, man, they had some bops. That was a that was a great era, by the way. But anyway, yeah. Yeah, I I, I don't want to go on a tangent because you know, you know, it, it's funny. They somebody had on um, they were talking about what's your favorite hip hop beat, and I'm like just reading off that stuff. I could make I could have made like the world's best mixtape. <laughs> just off the songs that people were saying. But anyway. Um, Sherrod Brown, who was a senator out of Ohio, who was a progressive, he was also set to run, and um, this is from, I forgot to say where I got this from, so forgive me here. Uh, Ohio Senator Sherrod Brown announced on Thursday he will not run for president in 2020, ending months of speculation that the Democrat would jump into the race to challenge President Donald Trump. Brown began telling his... Oh, say again? Is he black, Sherrod? No. You would think so the name was Sherrod, but no, he's not black. I and every time Sherrod Brown? Every time they say his name, I keep thinking that he's black. No, he's not black. He's not but he's not he's not regular white though, is he? Is he like Jewish or something? I think he I think he might be. Don't don't quote me on that. Because that sounds like the blackest black man name yet. I, I I get caught with that all the time. I see Sherrod Brown, I see his picture, I'm like, who the fuck is this? I don't I ain't no Sherrod Brown. Nope. That's Sherrod Brown. <laughs> but Brown began telling the circle of advisors on Wednesday afternoon of his decision not to run, which took many by surprise. Two participants in a meeting told CNN, uh, oh, two, two participants in the meeting told CNN, the team of Brown advisors had mapped out a fundraising and travel plan for a presidential candidacy starting in April. Brown told the circle of advisors that his listening tours of, uh, to Iowa, New Hampshire, Nevada, and South Carolina helped him see that he wasn't fully committed to the rigors of an uphill primary campaign in a crowded field. So donors were lined up and fundraising events were scheduled, but Brown said he wasn't 100% sold, according to one advisor. So I don't know what he just got. These people are dropping. Oh, say again? She said, people about fricka, fricka, fricka. <laughs> Your phone cut off on, on, on the silly. Oh, I was saying, like, these people have dropped out before they even run, before they even started the run. Yeah, basically. And then you have, then you have the, the, the grandmother of them all, uh, Hillary Clinton, who announced that she is not going to run for president. Now, I will say this, okay? I think this was yesterday she announced she wasn't going to run. And, and I basically just said, I, you know, I just posted on Facebook, Hillary Clinton announced she's not going to run, and I'm just going to leave it at that. I'm not going to kick her when she's down, you know. As much as I don't like Hillary like that, um, at the same time, uh, I know for her to announce that, you know, to come out and just, after being so close last time, to decide not to run, it could not have been easy for her. But I think that she actually just stepped out of the bubble and just read the room and just realized, now nah, they don't want me. So I'm just going to lay it down. I'm not going to waste my time, waste my donor's money. I'm just going to lay it down. It's done. Now, there's been so, many, so much scandals around her. It just wouldn't have worked out. And the Republicans would have had a sweep. I mean, the main thing they would have brought out was that how she conditioned the Democratic Party or the convention to cater to her and not Bernie. Yes. Yeah. And that would have brought back those old wounds. So she had to realize what's more important, 
me being me running for president or getting Trump out of office. You know. Now, here's the thing. I don't know what she said after that. So, I mean, me saying that, that's just my own view on it. She didn't, she never, she didn't say what I had just said. That's just my own view on it. I just, I just want to make that part perfectly clear. But I know it could not have been easy for her to just lay it down. Now, keep in mind, Hillary's not that old. So maybe in uh, 2024, maybe she might give it another shot. You know, let things die down a bit. But for now, nah. She's going to lay it down. And, of course, Donald Trump had to kick her when she's down because it's Donald Trump style. Because Donald Trump is a monster. And he, and he, he spends all day tweeting when he should be running the country. I mean the giggle, but... Yeah. I guess so. But I, I, I look at it like this, you know, with, with Hillary... And, 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 and Bernie Sanders. Hillary Clinton's aides have gone... Uh, oh, hold on. Sorry, my phone was just a little bit too far away from me. Hillary Clinton's aides have gone batshit crazy. You know? They're out there doing... Uh, with, hanging out with Politico, doing hit pieces on Bernie Sanders, and being like, you know, just saying ugly shit about Bernie. Like, they're just so bitter. And I think Jenk Uger from Young Turks... Put it in perspective. Basically, yeah, Hillary's done. Who's going to hire these these sycophants now? You think you really think Bernie Sanders is going to hire Hillary's people? The same losers who cost her the election against the most beatable candidate in the world? No, no. It, it's not like being uh, an executive of some company and the company goes under, then you get hired by another company. No, that's not, that's not how it works in politics. When you're a loser in politics, you're pretty much done. Pack up your shit, get the fuck out, you're done. Okay? Republicans will hire people like that all the time. Donald Trump's entire cabinet is composed of losers. Okay? He has more losers per square inch in his cabinet than any other cabinet I've ever seen. But in, in uh, the Democrats, they don't hire losers. Not very often anyway. So these people are literally just out of a job. No one's going to hire them. And they're bitter about it. So instead of uh, deciding not to be hypocrites and backing the front runner or just waiting until everything goes down and backing that person, they're already doing hit pieces on Bernie Sanders and their hit pieces don't make any sense. They ragged on Bernie Sanders because when he was helping up Hillary, you know, he did like a 39 city tour for Hillary and he spent, uh, I think they spent like $700,000 on air travel during that time. You know how much money Hillary spent on air travel during that same period? Uh, $15 million. Versus, versus Bernie's $787,000. Because Bernie flew commercial when he could. And when they couldn't get commercial, then they would do a chartered flight. So, this whole notion of you know, unity that the Democrats are, Democrats only want unity when they're, when they're people, talk about the establishment that is, when their people are winning or have already won the primary. If, if it's not, there's no unity. They will punch you right in the kidneys until you pee blood. They don't care. Now, the thing with, with, uh, that some people are saying on Twitter, right? 
about why they hate Bernie Sanders is that because they felt that Bernie Sanders uh, made Hillary unlikable. That is not an incorrect statement. I don't know about that. That that is not an incorrect statement, I and it's think not. She did a very good job of doing that for herself. Well, I'll put it like this, okay? John Mulaney had a uh, had a, a routine about uh, the standard of how we should be treated. So he was basically like, you know, before I had a girlfriend, I had no standard for how I should be treated. So he would go to like Delta Airlines. I, I'm I'm going to butcher his joke. I'm not I'm not a, a comedian like Don Mulaney, but he was basically like you know like he would go to Delta Airlines and like I'd like a flight please and they'd be like well we're delayed nine hours and then you go to the bathroom and come back is there an update oh we took off while you were in the bathroom here here's a food voucher that won't work and he goes to get the sandwich and hey can I get a sandwich no <laughs> he goes back to the counter hey um any updates he was like no and matter of fact we're gonna frame you for murder and you're going to prison for thirty years and he would just be like. Okay, because he had no standard for how he should be treated. And that's basically the Democratic Party. The Democratic Party had no standard for what was actually good because it was either you're going to eat gruel or you're going to eat a bowl full of bog shit and broken rusty nails. So the gruel is delicious compared to the dog shit and rusty nails, right? But then Bernie Sanders comes along and he's like, hey, you want an omelet? They're like, oh, we love an omelet. Holy Jesus, God, we could have omelets? Why am I eating gruel? That was Bernie Sanders. So Bernie Sanders came along and he was like, oh, my God, we can have health care? And free public college? Universal pre-K? Um, reform? Oh, my God, why am, why am I with Hillary? Fuck this bitch. I want Bernie. I want my omelet. Keep your gruel. That was basically what made Hillary, that part of what made Hillary unlikable. Yes, I agree. She did a lot of that shit on her own. Because she's not really that that likable of a person. Right? Bernie was the underdog, and he still won 22 states in the primary. Underdogs don't win 22 states. Underdogs get blown out. You understand? And now, Bernie is the front runner. Right now, Let, let's just be clear about one thing. About that, I didn't want to get too excited. Like every every time I got on YouTube and you know looked at my pundits, they were all like, "Bernie's the front runner. Bernie's the front runner." There's like another year until the goddamn primaries. Okay, we have a long way to go. Okay, a lot can happen in a year. So I'm not gonna go in and just go crazy over the fact that Bernie's the front runner. He's the front runner now. That's like oh. Uh, you're 10 games into the season and the Knicks are 9-1 and one, and you're like, oh my god, Knicks are 9-1? Championship, baby! Hey, look, there's 70 more games to go in the season. A lot can happen in 70 games. So, for all my Bernie folks, we're on the same team, but calm down. It's a long season. Okay? But I, I, I will agree with some of the people on Twitter... Bernie did expose, he didn't, he basically showed that there was a better way. So this whole incrementalism and little baby steps that they're talking about, and Bernie was like, yeah, we can have health care. We can have it right now. Psh, fuck you, Hillary. 
can take your gruel and shove it up your ass. I want omelet. And then Bernie's like, you can have it with cheese. They're like, cheese omelet? Holy Jesus, God. I've wanted this my whole life. And it won't cost you extra to get it. Yeah, exactly. It's an, it's an omelet bar. You want chocolate chips in your omelet? You can do that too. <laughs> you want a pancake shoved inside your omelet? You can do that too. So, but there are two people who are still running who have not announced yet. One is Joe Biden and the other is Beto O'Rourke. Beto O'Rourke right now is closer to announcing, but nobody cares. Beta O'Rourke is basically just Baron Von... He's the new Baron Von Milk Toast. He's not really that exciting, you know? I liked Beta when he was running against Ted Cruz, but like I said, he has the Hillary disease. The more you find out about him, the less you like him. He's just another centrist, and centrists right now are going out of style. They're like the bell-bottom jeans of politics. The corduroy, no, not even the bell bottoms, the corduroy bell bottoms of politics right now. They have, um, I keep forgetting her name, but she, she's on CNN and she does all these panels. So she'll bring out like Trump fans and stuff like that and check in with them and find out how they do it. It's actually a pretty good series. I like it actually. But she had a bunch of Hillary voters on a couple of days ago, right? And they were talking about, you know, the upcoming election and stuff like that. And then she asked him about Joe Biden. So she basically asked him, I think there were like maybe six or seven people on that panel. And she asked him which one of them like would, would vote for Joe Biden if he ran. None of them raised their hands. None of them raised their hands. They were just like, yeah. Long story short, they were saying Joe Biden's 1990s style of, of uh, politics, it's done. You know? He's not progressive enough. This is not a game out here. This is not a matter of, I think, the marginal tax rates. No, this is life and death. People are rationing their medicine. People are losing their homes. People are losing their cars. They're losing their jobs. They don't have time to fuck around with Uncle Joe. And I like Joe Biden. Are they, really? Like, what is the unemployment rate? Seriously. Well, the unemployment rate is actually pretty low right now, but the problem is the jobs that are being created, and it's the same problem that happened under Obama. The jobs that are being created are low, are lower wage jobs. So we're losing higher wage jobs and replacing them with lower wage jobs. That's been the problem for, for years. And that didn't start with Obama, it just continued under Obama. You know, they, um, they had that CNN special uh, you know, when he went decade to decade, starting from the 60s. So the 60s, 70s, 80s, the 2000s came out, right? I didn't really watch the 2000s because I lived it. So it's just a rehash of all the shit that I still remember very well. But I watched the episode of when he talked about the financial collapse. So when he talked about um, the financial collapse that happened at the end of uh, Bush's term, they talked about Bernie Madoff and he talked about Enron. You know, and you know the housing bubbles and all that other stuff. You know how they were selling houses to people who couldn't afford them. Yeah, yeah. Actually, I have to write a paper about that. Yeah, so they can get that commission. I'm mad that The Big Short is no longer on Netflix. I may have to actually buy it. That was a great movie. 
because it explained a lot of stuff. And Steve Carell was awesome in that movie. You know. And, you know, it, it, it explained a lot about why, about that collapse. The part that always got to be in that movie is when he was with the strippers. Because those financial dudes are telling him that they would sell houses to strippers because strippers always had cash. And the stripper was telling him that she had um, two mortgages on her home. But it's okay because she yeah, could always refinance. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That he could that she could always refinance. And Steve Carell was telling her like, no, they lied to you. If interest rates go up, you can't refinance, and you're going to get hit with that balloon payment, and it's going to murder you. And that's when he found out. Yeah, she had two mortgages on her house, but she had like four houses in the condo with two mortgages each. <laughs> so it's. It's absolute, it was absolutely insane. And with deregulation, it's going to happen again. She, found out she was more than a stripper. She was actually a madam who was selling coolie out of all those four houses. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? If she was doing that, she might have been all right. <laughs> she was actually running stuff out of those houses. But, you know, people were buying houses and trying to flip them. And, you know, it, it, was, just, it was just a mess. You know? But people are trying to go through that again because they realize that regulation is the key. I mean, capitalism does not work. And here's the thing, and I've been told by some people, right, not directly, but just from my philosophy, that me thinking that regulation would be the key to everything, would fix everything, that I'm a sucker for thinking like that. I half agree with that, you know. I think it's just my optimism that, you know, with democratic socialists, it's really their last-ditch attempt, when you think about it, it's their last-ditch attempt to save capitalism. Because people are fed up with capitalism. People are fed up with being sold a bill of goods and thinking that, oh, you know, I can take part in the American dream, and then they find they work all their lives, and then they find out, that their 401k is not worth shit, their pension is not worth shit, you know. And then they're living in squalor until they die after working hard for 40, 50 years. And that's not the way it's supposed to be. But by then, it's too late, you know. They, they showed in that, in that uh, special, they showed some 92-year-old guy who had to be a greeter at Walmart. Because um, after the uh, the housing market collapsed and, and you know and the banks collapsed, well, when the banks collapsed, like AIG and all those other banks collapsed, he lost his pension, and he had to get a job at Walmart as a greeter to make ends meet. This dude was 92 years old, you know. So no one's trying to fuck with Uncle Joe like that. No one's trying to fuck with Beta O'Rourke like that, with that incrementalist horse shit, with that whole. Oh, you know what? We can work with the we can work with the Republicans to make no we can't. Stop yeah, it. Yeah. Just just stop it. If you compromise with people, we need we need a bad cop. Joe is a good cop. We need a bad cop. Exactly. We need somebody who's who's just gonna be like, you know what? We're just gonna have to, we're just gonna have to defeat you. And make you see reason. All these people who are against social security when they were trying to implement it back in the 30s, when they were on Social Security 30 years later, they loved it because it kept them out of poverty. 
all the people who were against Medicare back in the 60s are on it now. And if you look at them like you want to cut their Medicare, they will drown you in your own toilet. So these people don't, can't, they can't be reasoned with because they have Fox News in their brains. They have to be defeated and they have to be shown, look, this is for your own good. If, if a little kid doesn't want to take, it, doesn't want to take his medicine, you, you put him down in that seat and you hold his nose until his mouth opens, you shove that spoon right down his throat. Make him take his medicine. And then when he gets better, he'll know, hey, it was the right thing to do. That's what the, that's what the Republicans are, They're little kids who won't take their medicine. And I'm, look, you're going to take this castor oil, you're going to take this Robitussin, and I'm, uh, I'll shove this bottle of Robitussin right up your ass, kid. You're going to take this goddamn medicine. And that's what it has to be. But Beta O'Rourke, Joe, uh, Joe Biden, they're not the answer. All these centrist Democrats, you know, you're... Now, I will say this, and I think I mentioned this on the Saturday show before, before we wrap up. Um, there are some people who are running. You know, you know, you know me, I'm Bernie all the way. I'm very biased on that. Bernie Sanders, 2020, that's just all there is to it. But there are some people who do have some ideas, at least in one subject that are as good as or better than what Bernie has. You know? As much as Bernie Sanders is up for breaking with the big banks, Elizabeth Warren's uh, ideas, and then you can, you can look it up on, on her website, on her campaign website. Her ideas for breaking up the big banks, I think is actually better than Bernie Sanders' plan to break up the big banks. Don't take my word for it. Pull their websites. Um, look at them side by side and let me know what you think. You know? What's, like, some of the key differences, I guess? Um, Elizabeth Warren's plan is just more extreme. Like, they would both be effective, but Elizabeth Warren's would be more extreme and more lasting. Because the problem with these banks is that when they had that term, too big to fail, that's basically what happened. AIG had that problem. They were too big, and they were too intertwined in all these international affairs. So... Now, if I was the president, I would be like Herbert Hoover-level president. And what I mean by that is, is that I would let the banks burn. They had to come up with almost a, I'd say almost a trillion dollars in taxpayer money to save all these banks. And they, and they were saying, hey, listen, it's going to promote bad behavior because if they know that you're just going to bail them out, what reason would they have to do right? But the problem was they were too big and they were too intertwined in everything. I mean, if you lose your appendix, uh, yeah, that's going to happen at some point. You lose your appendix, your body goes on. It's no, no must, no fuss. You can live without a spleen if you had to. You can live without one of your kidneys if you had to. But if you have heart disease, if your heart goes, you are as good as dead. And that, that was a problem with AIG. It was like a heart. It was basically if AIG went down, it wouldn't just be an impact in America. It would be an impact in the world. It would throw the world into chaos. And that's what they, people like Bernie Sanders and Elizabeth Warren want to prevent. They want to prevent another disaster like that, where if a bank fucks up, we could just let them die. 
and it would be of little consequence. And don't get me wrong, it would be a consequence to the people who had money in those banks, but we could help them out. But that's the whole point, though. Like, the whole point of having money insured up to, what is it, $250,000? Yeah. Yeah. And, and and, and And that's why when they had that Occupy Wall Street and stuff like that, they didn't want to bail out. They were like, if you want to bail somebody out, bail out the um, the people who have money in the banks. Don't bail out the banks. Right. And when they bailed out the banks, what did the banks do? They stopped lending money to people, and then they give each other huge bonuses. So they were they were kind of like suckers. I would let the whole thing burn. Now, would that be a wise move? No. It'd be a terrible move. <laughs> But I would do it anyway. Why? Because fuck them, that's why. Honestly. You know, because look what happened. We, we bailed them out. They're doing the same things that they were doing before, and it's going to happen again. In, in, in all these movies where there's an apocalypse, right? How many apocalypses are there? One. Because one is all you need. You need one apocalypse of people to act right. And then people will go out of their way to make sure there's never another apocalypse again. And don't get me wrong, I, I act like if something like that were to happen, like I wouldn't be affected. Like my 401k wouldn't be wiped out. Like my pension wouldn't be wiped out. Like I wouldn't be out in the streets. You know? But at the same time, if you just keep running these things in the loop, the loop is going to continue and continue and continue. And people are going to build up all this stuff, all their wealth, you know, for their family and themselves. And then just like that's going to get wiped out. So, yeah, their plans to break up the big banks. Warren's is more extreme and more lasting, I think. But they're both good plans. But if I had to choose a plan, it would be Elizabeth Warren's plan. Yeah. So there are... A lot, there are some candidates, and even some of the ideas that, like, Cory Booker has are good ideas. You know, even some of the ideas that Kamala Harris has are good ideas. But the problem with people like Kamala and Cory is that they have uh, donors. And every time they try and do they're good... Black, they're, they're black. They're black. They always mess up the money, right? No. No. It's because they take the money. And that's not just a, a black thing. It's... it's uh, um. It's an establishment thing. As soon as you found out, uh, who was it? Um, not just Kamala and Corey, people like Amy Klobuchar and stuff like that. As soon as you found out, oh, they were talking with their donors before running? No, absolutely not. Because then you're not working for the people, you're working for your donors. And that's never going to work. Not in this day and age. So we'll we'll see, but I mean I'll, I'll pour a little. Uh, I don't drink alcohol, so I'll pour a little Gatorade out for those who are, uh, you know, those who couldn't make it, you know, and for those who aren't, you know, it's like what they say in the gladiator in the gladiator movies before they fight. For those who are about to die, we salute you. You know, there's gonna be some people who's not, who's not even gonna make it to Iowa. They won't even make it to Super Tuesday. You know, it's going to be a brutal race, and there's going to be a lot of gladiators in there. So we'll see who can uh, 
We'll see who, who's going to last. Hopefully it's Bernie Sanders, but it might not be. It, it might be Kamala. She may be able to pull one off after all. Maybe Joe Biden might run and Joe Biden might win. You know, we'll, we'll have to see. It, it's a long, it's a long ways away. We'll just, we'll, we'll just have to wait and see. So, Blue, what are your final thoughts? I don't know. We had a lot to say today. 17 over so far. I think we really need to press the issue with our representatives. We need to email them. We need to call them. We need to get in their ear. And we need to tweet. I think we need to tweet. I think Twitter actually has more impact than the other two things I named, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Get it started. Get in their ear and let them know what the people think and what the people say. And if they ain't saying what they want to say, if they ain't saying what we want to say, work on a campaign to get them out there so we can get somebody fresh in there that's going to represent the people and not the donors. You dig what I'm saying? West Coast Conference for life. Exactly. 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 Odie, what are your final thoughts? Final thoughts. Hmm. It's it, it's so weird because we're so close to the Saturday show. So I think the Saturday show will be a lot of fun to kind of recap all the shenanigans that have gone on this week. Um, oh yeah. But yeah, I'm still. I mean, I'm glad Bernie's at the party that he's arrived. Um, I'm definitely going to keep partying with Bernie until he exits the party, and hopefully he'll exit as the winner, like not as anything else. So, right, we'll see. Exactly. Um, I, I'm going to keep mine simple. Remember that uh, in a lot of states, if you are an independent, you can't vote in the primaries for uh, for Democratic candidates. New York especially. So if you are still listed as a Democrat and you want to vote for Bernie Sanders or you want to vote for anybody, you know, vote for any Democratic candidate, go to your um, Go to your office now, you know, get on the website, find out what you need to do, and get that taken care of now. So you don't get caught flat-footed when the primaries come around. You know, like I said, in a lot of states, um, they have open primaries. Like North Carolina's open primary. So basically, I can vote in the primaries. I just get a different ballot than everybody else when it just says unaffiliated. You know, but in New York and some of the other states, they, it, it is not the case. So get on your election, get on your state election website, find out the rules and get started, you know, because time, time will just slide on by. It felt like, it felt like New Year's was last week and now it's almost Easter. It's Ash Wednesday. Remember the plan is to change your, your, your party, change it to Republican and we're going to really mess the game up. What's that now? Exactly. And don't, well, I don't know if that's the same in every state. I know in Mississippi, they don't hold people to that. So, I mean, you can vote for the opposite party in the primaries and not have to vote for them in, in the general election. And Mississippi's rationale for that, there's no way we can enforce it. <laughs> so, you know, but every state has their own rules. So get on your election website and review those rules very carefully. So this way you don't get left out. Okay. So... Blue, play us off, sir. And if you haven't already, please subscribe to the Urban Breakdown podcast featuring hit shows such as Politics with Mercer Prescott and his eclectic cronies, as well as 360 Degrees. Be well and be great.
You are now listening to Little 